download. That's the title of the message, just one word, download. And it's got th- basically three points. I'm going to be sharing with you about realization. Um, number two, on anticipation. Realization, anticipation, and then preparation. Those three things, just just three, and, and hopefully it'll be uh, brief for you. If I'm not brief, I pray that it'll feel brief. If it doesn't feel brief, I'm not... <laughs> anyway, um, may the Lord help me. For Paul had decided, this is verse 16 of chapter 20, for Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus so that he would not have to spend time in Asia. For he was hurrying to be at Jerusalem, if possible, on the day of Pentecost. Now, there's a couple of interesting things here. We find that right after this, he does call the elders of the church to come and meet with him on Melantus. And he calls them to come and meet with him. So he could have gone by Ephesus if he had wanted to because it was the same distance to call the elders to him, about a 30-mile distance. But but I, I, I'm, I'm sensing as I read this, you know, Paul loved Ephesus, and it was the church. It was it was the, the church of, of the season in that, in, the, in that age. And he loved it, and he loved the people. He had a hand in getting it started because he met uh, about 12 men. In, in Acts 19, 18, excuse me, he met about 12 men, and um, and they they came to the Lord, came to the knowledge of the Lord, and they're the ones that really got the church started. So I, I think that he was in a hurry, and he knew that if he went by Ephesus, he might not get away. You know how that happens. You see your old friends, they want you to share, they want you to spend time with them, and he would have just gotten caught up and maybe not wanted to leave. But for some reason, he didn't want to go by there. He didn't want to go by Ephesus. He didn't want to go by Asia. But he wanted, he wanted to, them to come and to talk to him. So he see, he's in a hurry. He said he, he didn't have time in Asia. For he was hurrying to be at Jerusalem, if possible, on the day of Pentecost. Now, this, this word hurry, that I, w- I want to talk to you about a realization that is going on in his life. Because he was hurrying. The realization is that when when Paul got saved in Acts chapter 13, uh, he had a very busy life. We, we don't know if he was married or not. Uh, some indication that he was. But, but we do know one thing, that he was very busy. He started churches. He was beaten. He was had shipwrecked. You name all of the things that Paul had been through and staying on, on, the, on the move, sometimes on the run because uh, Judaizers wanted to kill him. But th- this guy was a very busy guy and he had just spent, he had just spent uh, Passover in this passage. He had just spent Passover in Philippi. And now if you understand that he just spent Passover in Philippi and that he was hurrying to get to Jerusalem by the day, day of Pentecost. How many days are between Passover and Pentecost? Fifty days. The scripture tells us in Leviticus that it is seven Sabbaths. I mean, excuse me. Yeah, seven Sabbaths plus one. So you've got 49 and 50 is 50 days. So this 50-day period, he knew that he needed to get to Pentecost. 
Now, I, I don't know exactly why he needed to get there hurrying because this word is not used but five times in the New Testament. And every time that it is used, it means you, you, he was in a hurry. Sybil and I were in um, Poland, no, excuse me, in Ukraine just a few weeks ago, uh, maybe three weeks ago. And I was to get back and marry my last grandson. And uh, all, all the others, I've, I've married two daughters and, and now three sons of my daughter. And this was the last son, Preston, got married just a week and a half, two weeks ago. Oh, man, it was a big time. But he had asked me to marry him. And I thought enough time had passed from the first one I married to, the, to, to now him that uh, when he asked to talk with Sybil and I, he and his uh, fiance, I thought, no, nah, he's, he's just wanting to get my approval and, you know, make sure it's all right with granddad. And uh, so we went and had dinner with them, had a joyful time. And I said, well, well, congratulations. You really, really, really found a, a wonderful, spiritual, sweet lady. And uh, you're going to have a great time together. So you've got my, my approval. He looked at me sort of funny and said, uh, no, they call me Dandy. I, don't ask me why. I didn't name myself, uh, but they, they call, all, all my grandkids call me Dandy. And um, he said, no, Dandy, uh, I, I want you to marry me. And as Mary and I looked at my calendar, and we were we were in Israel for ten days, and then went to to Ukraine for five days, and now we're wanting to get back. We don't want any. We, we can't have any delays. I get back, and the moment we get back at, at about three o'clock in the afternoon, we have to be at the rehearsal dinner that night. The next morning, the rehearsal, and that Sunday, the marriage. And it had to go like that. It was a venue. And it, I mean, it had to be there. And if you don't think we weren't hurrying, we weren't going to miss a plane, we were on our way. But I think Paul was in a hurry for a different reason. He, you know what, you know what Pentecost, you know what Pentecost is? Pentecost was a time of revelation. When, when God spoke on Mount Sinai, the, the Ten Commandments, we call it the Ten Commandments, the Torah was spoken. That was when God showed himself to the children of Israel after they came out of Egypt and they, they, they got the word of God. In other words, it was a revelation of God. It was that time. And I think he was in a place where he needed that. He knew he needed it. And he, he, I think there was something inside of him that may have been tired. And I don't know if you guys have ever been that way or not. Every one of you here, I am certain, are busy. I am certain that there's things right now that you need to take care of, and you, but it's Sunday, and you're going to go ahead and rest anyway, and some of you may be going to get back on it this afternoon, but I'm telling you, some, there are some people here, in, and maybe all of us, who are in need right now because of either busyness or because of relationships, because someone has, we find ourselves embroiled in, in a, an argument, uh, we're dis- really dissatisfied with the way someone's treating us, or, or you know what I'm talking about. There are just times in our lives when it seems like it never stops. My mom used to say, it, when it rains, it pours. And it was, it, it was uh, salt. What was the name of that? Morton Salt, of course. And mother would go get 
Morton Salt, and the advertisement was, when it rains, it pours. I don't, I don't understand that. But sometimes when, it, when we get into situations like that, it just seems like that they never, never stop. We get tired. We get grouchy. We can begin to tell that something is weighing on us. And I, I even went through a time in, in my life whenever, whenever I was so upset with someone and, and I, I, I didn't know if I, I was going to make it. My mind was focused on that person. They had done me wrong, and, and, and they knew it, and I knew it, and, but there was no apology. There was no, I was so, I, it just, on my mind all the time. I'd get up in the morning. I'd wake up in the middle of the night. I'd go to bed at night. During the day, it'd come to my mind, and, and I grew a hatred. I've never hated anyone in my life, honestly, uh, unless it's the devil. I've never, I've never hated anyone. And I found myself hating. And, and I, I went to this lady, and, and, and uh, she's a pastor in, in Tennessee. And I said, do you know of a good professional counselor? I can't get this, this thing off my mind. And she looked at me, and Sybil was sitting there, looked at me and said, you don't need a professional counselor. You just need a fresh and filling of the Holy Spirit. And I just broke. I just wept. But I was so tired. I, I knew that I was in need, and I didn't know what to do about it. And I think we as believers, we, we get in need, and we don't know what to do about it. I, I said to her, well, what do you mean? How do I? I should know. How, how do I get a fresh feeling of the Holy Spirit? And she said, oh, um, get in the way of the Lord. Get in the way of the Lord. And immediately a, a, a vision came to me. I saw myself as a little eight-year-old boy on a farm up in the panhandle of Texas where it's sandy and we used to have those bad sandstorms and there were these whirlwinds. And I loved to get in front of a whirlwind. And I'd see them coming out there on the farm. Maybe I'd be out there helping dad at eight years old, helping dad do something out in the field. And I'd see one of these things coming. And I would run over. I'd, I'd figure out where it was going to cross, and I'd cut across and get, get in front of it. And just before it hit me, I'd stick my fingers in the ear and close my eyes like this, and it'd go like that. And I knew immediately what she was talking about. Get in the way of the Lord. And God spoke to my heart and said, when you see me moving someplace, get in the way. If you're in a meeting and you see someone being ministered to, someone, someone receiving something from the Lord, get over there by them. And that's what I did. I'd go get over by someone. I'd just cry out, God, a fresh feeling, fresh feeling. And one, one day, this pastor, a visiting speaker, walked up to me. And I was in another church. And, and laid hands on me and said, God's going to restore everything you've lost. going to restore your family. going to restore your son. He couldn't, he couldn't know any of this. Man, the moment he did, I just fell on my face. And when I got up, I had a fresh and filling of the Holy Spirit. I know exactly what it's about. But I was tired, and I was worn out. And I know it every now and then. You know, I, one of the ways I can tell 
if I'm get, getting to the end, end, end of things, um, my wife will say something and I'll go, what? And she, she's like, well, um, I mean, I said, well, what did you mean by that? Misunderstanding what's being said. Even these kind of things, that we can be tired and we can be worn out. And so maybe we've just collected hurts and wounds and we don't know, we don't know what to do with them. But I, I can tell you one thing, that, that when you're feeling like that, I, like Paul, Paul, I just know, knew that he had to be there on the day of Pentecost because of what Pentecost represented, that it was a time of revelation, a time of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in their lives. So what, what happened? He got on the ship. And, and the ships, you've got to remember, the ships in that day, there were no passenger ships. I've researched this. I looked at it closely. There were, there were the, all of them was for the movement of goods and uh, merchandise and things like that. And, and they weren't really that big, and they were all either by wind or by oar and, or both. And so he got on ships, and they, they'd run close to the shore, as close, close as they could without running into anything, of course, because it was man, more manageable there than it was out in the middle of the sea. And so he got on, he got on the ship, and he's headed back to Israel. And, and, uh, and you, in order to get on the boat, they had to talk to the captain. This was, this was according to history in the first century. They had to talk to the captain in order to get approval. Because, and if, if, if you got on, you generally, unless you were very, very wealthy, you, there was no place, no facilities underneath the upper deck. So you'd just sleep on the upper deck, you'd eat on the upper deck, you'd bring your own food and everything else. And, and if you didn't have a lot of money to pay, you, you would also help them in unloading the boat and things like that for your pay. Now this, this is how he was moving. This is how he was going. And, it, and he said, if possible, he wanted to get there and he was, he was in this hurry because of the Pentecost, because of what was about to happen. And he needed refreshing. I think he knew he needed refreshing, and he wanted to come there again. Now, what's interesting about this is we have Pentecost Sunday coming up right away. The Christian church recognizes and honors Pentecost Sunday on June the 4th, um, this coming, June the 4th. Uh, it's not the same day every year, of course, but June the 4th this year. The Jewish people, the religious Jewish people, uh, have Pentecost starting um, on May the 30th at, in the evening, May the 30th to June the 1st. So it's their evenings being June the 1st. It starts that evening, May, May 30 and into June, into June 1. That's, that's when it happened. You see, the, the thing about Pentecost, and, and Paul knew this because Paul was born again, about Pentecost is that Pentecost was looked at one way by the Jewish people, looked at another way by people who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when Paul came to know the Lord, he understood what the, in Acts 2 was all about. And on the day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, the Holy Spirit fell. They began to speak in other tongues as God gave them utterance. And the people began to hear in their own language and, 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 and flames of fire rested upon their head. And, and they were empowered by the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And it said it wasn't just that day. 
See, with, with the Jews, they were looking at Pentecost as, as just a remembrance of something that had happened centuries and centuries before on Mount Sinai. That when, when the, the, the mountain trembled and shook and all of that, then, then uh, they were looking at it as just that day. But, but when Paul got saved, he understood. Even, he, he was a strict Jew. He was, he was raised in, in, in the faith by Gamaliel. He was raised in the faith. And, he, and so, so he got saved and he said, wow, this is not just for a remembrance of something centuries ago, but it has been fulfilled the day of Pentecost. It was fulfilled now. And we can be empowered by the Holy Spirit. We can be refreshed. We can get revelation by the Holy Spirit. And we're walking in Him. The Holy Spirit lives in us. And the Holy Spirit wants to, wants to release Jesus out to everybody else. And we can have it any time. But I want to get back there. We've just had Passover. I want to get back to Jerusalem. There's something special waiting on me in Jerusalem. I've got to get there. And He was in a hurry. Y'all, y'all understand? He was in a hurry. The Scripture says that that the day of Pentecost wasn't just for the people when the Holy Spirit was poured out on with flames of fire upon their head, but it says it's to, to you and your children and to those who are far off, those who live in different parts of the world. And, and now until Jesus comes back, until you see the signs of His return, the Holy Spirit is for every believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. The power of the Holy Spirit, the refreshing of the Holy Spirit is for every one of us. And so He was in a hurry to, to get there. He was anticipating something. He was expecting something. Because look, anticipation... This is what we need to understand. If we believe the Holy Spirit is for us, we need to anticipate right now that God wants to do now or He wants to do as soon as possible what I need to be refreshed in the midst of everything that I am going through. Are you all with me? So there's 50 days. They counted omers. You know what an omer is. An omer is a measurement of barley about two liters of, bo- of barley. And every day they would bring this omer uh, to the temple. And they would say, it, it finally built up. This is, the, this is the 43rd omer. Tomorrow's 44th omer. And they're just getting closer. You remember Jesus ascended on the 40th day after Passover. So there were 10 days left. Y'all with me? And Jesus said, I want you to go to the temple, to Jerusalem. I want you to be there now. And I want you to wait. I want you to pray until you are endued with power. Well, how long did they have left? Ten days. Fortieth day. The fortieth omer had already been given at the temple. There were only 10 days left. They knew that, that something was about to happen in 10 days. And they, they, it wasn't just we're going to go there and we're going to pray and we're going to worship God until something happens. No, they knew what Jesus was saying because he was saying go to the temple until you're dude with power, until the day of Pentecost had fully come. That's what he was saying to them. It doesn't say it in Scripture. But on the 40th day he ascended and 10 days later the Holy Spirit fell on the day of Pentecost. But they were there expecting the Holy Spirit to fall in 10 days. We don't have to wait for 10 days. 
If you want to, you can. But it might be that you are just in a process and you begin to seek the Lord and it might be two days, it might be tomorrow, it might be next week, it might be whenever when the Holy Spirit does really get a hold of you and falls on you and changes your life. You follow what I'm saying? I don't mean being saved. I'm being empowered and refreshed. That's what I'm talking about. So there needs to be that anticipation in our lives. Isn't it cool that the... How how much time have I got? About... I don't see the clock. Am I missing? Oh, hi there. There it is. And so I have how long? What time do I need to be through? I need to be through at 10.15? Are you kidding me? Huh? Got 10 minutes. Okay, here you are. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm joking. Okay. Here. I, I, I better move on. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe that what God is saying to us today is that we can anticipate being born again being saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, with the anointing of God, and God will hear our cry and meet our need. Now look, look with me in one other verse, in Acts chapter 21, verse 3. 21.3. When we had sighted Cyprus, we passed, passed it on the left and sailed to Syria and landed landed at Tyre. For there the ship was to unload her cargo. Now, Tyre is one of the places where Jesus taught. So now then they're in home territory. They're in home country. You'd say now then the walk has got to be, even though they they moved on down the coast, the walk has got to be to get them into Jerusalem because that's where Pentecost is going to take place. So they're, now then, they're, they're close to home base. But what happened? They had to unload the ship. And the moment I read that, you had to, uh, they had to unload the ship, I, I, I looked this up and I thought, God, you know what? I, I bet you that I just feel like that maybe the guys who were on the ship with them helped them unload it. They were on the ship. It was a cargo ship. And they said, we've got to unload this thing. And God spoke to my heart and say, said, said to this, look at what the word unload means. And it is a word called apophortizomai. Apophortizomai, that's a Greek word. And that Greek word literally means this. It means to lay down a load, to discharge it. It's, an, it's a verb. It's an action. It's something that one does, that, that they unload things like that. And I, I'm saying that, that in preparation for this moving of the Holy Spirit upon you, in renewal of, of, what, of your spirit, in fresh re- renewing of the Spirit of God and the healing of what's going through, that in order to, to get ready for that and prepare for that, we just have to say, okay, I'm just going to take this by the tail. I'm going I'm I'm to get before God. I'm going to unload this stuff. I'm going to get, get it uh, settled I need to go to someone, I'm going to go to someone, I'm going to make up my mind now that I'll I'll go to someone if I need to make it right. Whatever we've got to do, we've got to unload the ship right now. Whatever it is you're carrying, unload it. 
Get rid of it now in anticipation for the renewing of the Holy Spirit in your life and in your heart. If you, if you would be willing to do that now and just take a minute or two and say, okay, God, I'm unloading right now. You tell me what to do and I'll unload it on you and I'll do whatever it is you want me to do. But I am tired of this. I'm tired of this cycle. I'm ready to get out of it. I'm ready to get into a fresh thing where I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. It's that kind of an exciting day. What, what God, what are you going to do today? I couldn't do that back when I was loaded down. And I needed to unload. And I'm, my, my, my encouragement to you is that you would unload your stresses, unload your concerns. We all need this fresh touch. We all need this revelation from God. So let's lay down a burden here now. And I mean, I mean to have a real encounter from God. That you can walk out these doors unloaded, ready for God to move. Or unloaded and having God to have moved upon you even this morning. So let's stand together. Let me pray with you. See on the overhead up there, the ship was to unload her cargo. Would you just unload this stuff right now? Just unload it. Just talk to the Lord right now. And unload it in in anticipation of a fresh touch from God. happening in the world. Stresses are taking place all over in almost every nation. God's preparing. Preparing a great move of God. Let's be part of the army. Let's upload now in Anticipation of being filled and being used by the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray for these who are standing right now. Holy Spirit, that you would come. Father, I ask that you'd, you'd release the Holy Spirit upon us now. And that every person here that's unloaded before you, that you would touch them with your presence. Touch them by the power of your That's right. Just, just receive. Just, just hold your hands out in front of you in a receiving room. Just hold them out in front of you and say, Holy Spirit, come. I want a fresh and fit and filling. I need you. Just ask him. Just tell him that. I need you. Please come upon me. Get in your way until you do. I'm not going to stop. 
until you give me a fresh infilling. I'm going to receive it by faith. In the name of Jesus. Let him heal what's hurting. Thank you. necessarily relate to the message but there's been some questions in your mind you're saying there's there's more I know there is and it doesn't mean that anything's wrong with you it just you know that there is something else over the horizon well listen the horizon has come and you're going to have a touch from God in the next seven days and it's going to, it's, it's almost going to like revolutionize the way you see things. It's going to even change the way you think. But God is going to touch you. could be today. I don't know. It could be now. But the Lord said in the next seven days, there's going to be a, a, a deeper move of God in your spirit than ever before. It's going to change the, the center of your life. for worshiping with us today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May Almighty God cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord of lords and King of kings lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. May you unload all your baggage and upload or download all his blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Go get them, tigers. God bless you. Thank you for coming.